It's no like Blackwing or Casemate. Welcome to episode number seven of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host today is Dee. Lenore is off on a family adventure. Tonight, we're talking about the areas where analog tools and technology intersect. First, let's talk about our media and poisons. Dee, what's your poison tonight? So, my uh, poison is water. It is very hot in here. My apartment is on the second floor and does not have central air conditioning. So, the thermostat's reading 84 right now. Mm. So, because I love you guys, I'm toughing it out. But I definitely a lot of water. Um, I am writing on still, it's become my podcast kind of notebook, the reporter's notebook that came in, uh, the first pencil box from CW. Right. Uh, it's from Stationers Inc. And I am writing with a purple Dixon Ticonderoga, uh, HB, the soft, um, they come, they're like, I think they're marketed as like pearlescent or gem toned or something. Mm-hmm. Not the neon? Uh, I, no. Mm. I, I got them at Target. So, and they're still there. Oh. Like, I didn't get this a long time ago. Is that the metallic? Yes. Okay. There we go. There okay. we go. I couldn't think. I hate so, those. Yeah. I, I'm, it's so far so good. I mean, I still haven't sharpened it myself. I'm using the, the factory sharpening. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm not in love with it. <clears throat> it's no like Blackwing or Casemate. That's ah. funny to use those two pencils in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely quote-unquote soft but it's not dark so. yeah the um metallics the ticonderoga metallics that i had were nails they were oh. not an hb they were nowhere near soft i would have called uh, them an h if not oh. harder they were quite unpleasant well while you're talking i'm actually going to sh- sharpen it properly okay and see um so i am that's, sipping that's my second americano of the day um, yeah, I went to Atomic last week and I picked up their Panama La Esmeralda, which is a fantastic little farm down in Panama. A lot of mm-hmm. local roasters are, are doing, um, really good roasts with the La, uh, see if I can speak the La Esmeralda. Um, and it's just really delicious. It's, it's nice and fruity, but caramely and sweet. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, and I've been using the Nataraj marble pencils. Wendy from the Erasables group offered me a swap, half a bucket nice. uh, for some of my notebooks. And how could I say no to that? Yeah, really. Um, so I've got I've got fifty of them. Although now it's almost forty nine because I had the first one I sharpened up had a shattered core, <laughs> so I kept sharpening and sharpening and sharpening and sharpening. Um, so I'm using this the the very end of that today. Um, but the other, the others that I've sharpened don't have shattered cores. That one, the one I first sharpened just happened to have a giant warp in it. Um, so we'll see how the rest of them are. Thus far, they've been, you know, I've sharpened a bunch of them and they've been pretty good. Yeah, that was a worry. Uh, Mike Hagen from the group, he ordered yeah. a, a hundred of them and he said a couple had shattered cores. I mean, they're coming from India, so I expect yeah. a couple. Um, I actually have one on order from Amazon. Yep. I'm, I'm splitting it up in four for nice. three other people. Um, I noticed that different vendors of the bucket of marbled pencils do different things. I saw one person who did a unboxing okay. that the vendor had actually opened up the bucket and wrapped bubble wrap inside the bucket to protect the pencils. Oh, nice. Um, and I noticed that when Wendy opened up hers, that vendor didn't do the bubble wrap. So it definitely... I think the safety of the pencils. Yeah, and I think that vendor. kind of will vary because Amazon, while you know, I I feel like on those the vendors rotate. Yeah, frequently. they do. They really do. Um, that have you been watching that discussion about the good vendors on Amazon for no, the I don't know how I pencils that. from India. Yeah, there's a there's a really good discussion. Like people, I I actually asked who who's had good luck with what vendor. Um, Thus far, I've had really good luck with Garg, G-A-R-G. Okay, sounds like, a, like some kind of monster yeah. from an RPG. Yeah, or, <laughs> or it's like a Conan like monster, but it's a, yeah. the boss Garg. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, Garg Traders. 
Um, I've had very good luck. That guy wraps up the boxes and stack like this styrofoam that falls apart into little balls every time you open it. Um, but it's like wrapped like a little gift when it comes to you. Nice. Um, let me I, let me check who who mine defaulted to. Cause I didn't even look. I just hit add to cart. Cause you know. Yeah. Oh God. Huh. <laughs> it's being sold by God's Grace Store. Oh my. Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, so w- will uh, they save you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't look. <laughs> I just hit order. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I hope it doesn't take yeah. a long time because there's three other people waiting on it. I mean, it said when I ordered, it could take one to four weeks. Yeah. Um, it really, it, it varies a lot. Like I've had stuff show up from India in two weeks and then I've had other stuff take, um, a month and a half. So it just yeah. varies. Um, yeah. All right. So moving on, what's exciting in your world? Um, a lot of things, not pencil, stationery, or otherwise related. Um, since I have a lot of free time on my hand in the summer, because I'm not in school, and I work 10 hours a week at the writing center, I've been gaming a lot more. I kind of had a backlog of video games from the fall, even going back that far. So I've been playing those, but what I've really been focusing on is my Twitch channel, Um There's a lot of streamers on Twitch that stream, you know, classic RPG games, but, you know, it's kind of sporadic and they kind of jump around. Um, So this summer I'm doing a marathon playthrough, and I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast. I'm playing all the Final Fantasies from 1 through 13, skipping Final Fantasy 11 because it's an online MMORPG. So uh, I've, I've completed one. So I'm on to two. I haven't started two yet, but I've really been working on the channel because with Twitch, you can create like custom overlays. So you can have like your, your gameplay in like one portion of the screen, your, your webcam in another, and then like you can put stats on the side. So it's basically like making a wallpaper. So I've been doing that and I'm still fiddling with it. So I have a schedule set up though, and I'll be streaming four days a week, usually in the evenings, except for on Sundays, it'll be late afternoon. So I'll put the the channel link in my show notes in the show notes. And then I've been playing Magic the Gathering. Oh cool. I haven't played that in years. I I know. I I played about 3 years ago and it got expensive real quick. <laughs> yeah, because that's just how it is. Um but this time around I'm approaching it from the fun mm. aspect and not the I need to be the best aspect. So instead of like buying a $200 deck of cards, which blows my yeah. mind, uh, I, I put together a deck that cost me less than $30. So um, I've been playing Magic. I've been trying to get out of the house more because playing video games alone is not always good for, good for the mind. So uh, I've been going to uh, Magic has Friday Night Magic. So every Friday night I go to my local uh-huh. gaming store and, you know, they, it costs like five bucks to enter and there's prizes and all that kind of stuff. So those are the two things I've been doing. I have really kind of put stationery on the back burner. I did a review, a couple of reviews recently, but nothing really uh-huh. major. So that's me. All right. So um, I'm kind of excited because UB has introduced a new color. Um it's coral, oh. also known as millennial pink. Um, so I'm really looking forward to snagging some of their journals and composition notebooks in that shade. It's super pretty. I did. I stopped by Target and managed to walk into Target, check out the color, and then leave without spending any money. Shocking for me. Yeah. Wow. That's I big. mean, usually I walk into Target and then suddenly I've spent a hundred bucks. And I don't even know what on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was that was big. I was like, I just I just need to go in and see this color, and then I turned around and walked out. I'm sure the security guard was like, hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really pretty, and I'm looking forward to getting some of that. Um, and then really loosely tied with stationery, uh, I was at actually Atomic Cafe that where I got my my coffee that I'm consuming. Mm-hmm. And they started doing artwork again, which is so awesome. I, it was something that I think nice. the cafe was missing for a long time when they moved into their new space. 
Um, and this artist has some really sweet little gouache paintings hanging up, but she also has stickers. Mm-hmm. And she has, like, what is it? A fox, a bear, a bison. Uh, on her website, she's got alligators and all kinds of different stuff. And the um, artist's name, and I'm going to butcher this, is Michelle McGuffey, I think. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. how I would say it. Oh my god, I, I just went to her Etsy shop. I love Isn't her it style. Sweet? Um, so yeah, yeah, so you can, um, if you're listening and you're interested, we'll have a link in show notes. But her website is michellemcguffey.com. The link will be in show notes. Her work is awesome. She, uh, everyone should go and buy all kinds of her stickers because they're really high quality. I've got them slapped all over everything. Um, and also, she's really nice. I got right. to, I <clears throat> chatted with her briefly on um, Instagram. So... Are they uh, are they vinyl stickers? They are or vinyl. Paper? They are vinyl. Oh my god! They're yes. super thick, really well done vinyl stickers. Nice. So, all right, um, are we ready for our main topic? I think so. All right. So this week we're exploring the areas where our favorite analog tools overlap with technology. When I first started to think about this, my mind immediately went to the apps I use to record and document my analog work. So that's where I think I'll begin our discussion. So for me, the first app that I really started to think about, about especially documenting analog work or recording it, is Evernote and OneNote. Um, in the past, like when I was in when I was in grad school, I used Evernote as a research to- tool for for the blog, but also schoolwork. It's in the past for my blog, I did a lot of reviews of art journaling books. And so I would use Evernote as I was reading the book. I would snap a picture of something I thought I should mention in the blog. Um, and then I would, you know, quickly type something into my phone about that picture, like why it was relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently I, I've moved towards using OneNote. They work at this point, I would say almost identically, except the difference is that OneNote is owned by Microsoft. Um and the reason I switched over to OneNote versus Evernote is because Evernote started to charge to have things on more than two um, devices. Okay. So, like, for me, I need to be able to access my research on my on my tablet and my laptop. And if I'm using my phone as the recording device, like, to snap pictures, because it's not convenient on my tablet to snap a picture of something, mm-hmm. um, then I need to have it on at least three devices. So it just made it much less useful for me to be able to like, I had to take my tablet out of the case or unplug it, snap a picture and get it into Evernote. Whereas with OneNote, I can access it everywhere. I could just, you know, open up OneNote on my phone, snap a picture, boom, it's there. Um, So with it, I create a notebook and I save links, photos, type up ideas for whatever I'm researching. I've used it for you know, really involved blog posts, but it's just, it's useful for those deeper level things. It's not like when I'm doing a review, I don't, I don't need to have research recorded about the pencil that I'm reviewing. Okay. You know, like I can just, I I take my camera, I snap a picture of the page and then that, or the, or the pencil and that goes into my review. And I do with my reviews, I use paper notes, but I don't feel the need to record that in OneNote or Evernote. Um, and I used Evernote to record pictures of first page of articles with a blurb about how the article is useful to my thesis, or I would record, I would take pictures of the notes in my notebook along with that article. Okay. Um, because it really, it helped me to organize my thinking, uh, for the thesis. Because if something was super important and I snapped a picture of it, then I knew it was super important. And that was something I was going to need to refer to. In the thesis. That was something I was going to need to bring up again. Uh, the other useful thing is with Evernote and OneNote is that you can use your phone's voice to text feature. So oh, nice. I could just talk at it. And then, boom, there was my note. And then on my on my laptop, I was able to move things from notebook to notebook to notebook. That it just, I don't know, for, for the thesis and, and for deeper level thinking, it really made things very easy to think about. 
the Right Gear podcast has a few really great episodes about Evernote, and there are lots and lots of really good websites with hints and tips about Evernote and OneNote. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Right Gear podcast really helped me to understand. It, there's a steep learning curve, I think, for both of them. Okay. And I think I like in my use, I barely scratched the surface of its features. And the same with OneNote. Like I, you know, yeah, I create a notebook and I use voice to text and I might, you know, tap out some some notes for myself and snap a few pictures. But I know that there are a lot of people out there who really use these things really deeply. And I just don't like I don't I don't know. I'm more of a notebook person. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, if people want to learn more about it, just if you Google them, you get lots of tips and hints. Do you use Evernote or OneNote or anything like that? No, I, I'm familiar with them on a very casual basis, but uh-huh. now that I'm going to be working on a thesis, I've been kind of putzing uh-huh. around with OneNote because I find myself a lot of times, so while I love writing, I'll be like, <clears throat> you know, doing research or like looking, I'll, I'll even be reading like, you know, a newspaper and I'll find something that's relevant to my research. And I'm like, ooh, that would be really good to follow up on. And then, like, I got to get out a field notes notebook, get a pencil, and, like, jot down where, you know, I could just take a picture on my phone, because I have one note, mm-hmm. and just dump it and deal with it later. Right. You know, so yeah. I'm kind of exploring. I, I, you know, obviously don't know the ins and outs of, mm-hmm. of it yet, but it's definitely something I feel like I'm going to use a lot over the next year. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, I used it a lot more than I expected to mm-hmm. when I was when I was writing my thesis. So it was really, really useful. Yeah. That and you can really sync it up across all of your devices, which for me was so helpful because I didn't have to worry about moving it from from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Yeah. I just opened up the account and there all my information was. Yeah, that's nice. And plus, like I have a tablet that I want to start using, you know, in addition to my laptop. And it'll be nice that I can use it on my tablet, on my laptop, on my phone. Yeah. It'll always be with me. Right. I think that's it's, it's what makes it really, really useful is because it's everywhere. Yes. And linked up. Because even if you don't have your tablet or laptop, you always have your phone. Right. Absolutely. So the next thing that I was thinking about is this website called Indexed. Okay. Uh, It is an online index for your notebooks and you can link it up. So, so you create an account, it's free. And then it's basically, you just enter in your notebook um, and then create a page index for it. Um, I've been using it for two years now. Has it been in existence for two years? For a while. Um, the guy that created it, God, let me look at the website and find out what his name is. David Ree. He is a huge fan of field notes and he started to create it just so he could keep track of his field notes and be able to search them. So what it does is when you start entering your notebooks into it Mm -hmm. and you document what's on each page, you can then do a search and you enter in a search term and it will search through all of your notebooks and bring back a list of all of the pages that have that information. Okay. So I've, I find it really like I have a, I used to keep a field notes index book where every page I would like, you know, I would record the index of my field notes um, or pocket notebooks. And then I would flip through it and be like, okay, where did I write about, that blog entry or the list of blog entries that I've been thinking on. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that takes time. Whereas on this, I just open up index. I type in, okay, blog posts about Nataraj pencils, boom. And then it, it opens it up and tells me, okay, notebook number 35 page 16 mm-hmm. has information about Nataraj pencils. Yeah. So it, I find that really, really helpful uh, you can also, like, if you document your field notes with images, you can link up the individual pages um, with, your, like, an own, your own personal website. I think you could also do it if you if you had it on 
um, like Dropbox, you could probably figure out how to how to link it up. But they he specifically had it so that you could link via Evernote. Um, so I'm sure you could probably do it with OneNote too. Nice. I don't. Um, my use of it isn't that extensive. I just have the index on there because that's all I really wanted it for because I just like I keep all of my my field notes on a shelf above my desk and I just pull one mm-hmm. and then open it up to the right page. So I find index really helpful. See, for me because I don't extensively write in pocket notebooks or any notebooks for that matter, um mm-hmm. I've never used it, but I do see its utility, especially if I mean I see some people in the field notes group like post like a new notebook and it's like number 80 yeah you know i am on 73 yeah right now so so um the next thing that i thought was an interesting thing that we could talk about is some distraction free apps oh yes so um (laughs) i need those in my life i um i am super distractible yes Uh, if i have the internet available and we'll talk about some internet blockers in a second um, if the internet is available, I will look at it. Um, or cause I have, you know, I, I'm sitting here, I've got two screens in front of me and I've got, you know, the show notes open in one tab. I've got Hulu open in another tab. I've got audacity open on one screen. I've got your Twitch channel in a tab. <laughs> yeah. I've got like all of this stuff going on. And I like, if I'm sitting in front of my actual laptop with you know the two screens going Mm -hmm. i'm looking at all of these other things so when i do a lot of my writing what i do is i sit down with my tablet and a wireless keyboard i've got a bluetooth keyboard that syncs up with my tablet um and i'll talk about that the the bluetooth keyboard in a second Mm -hmm. um but the apps i use two apps distraction free apps for for typing and one of them is jotterpad and the other one is freerider and I am actually moving more towards using Jotterpad more often than Freerider. So Jotterpad has an upgrade that I think is like three bucks where it has a typewriter style writing where you can only see two to three lines of text and the rest is grayed out. Okay. It makes, yeah, so it really, you can only focus on the words you're working on in that moment. You can have white text on a black background. It has, uh, you can pay 99 cents a month so it will sync up with a variety of cloud services. I don't do that because I like to keep all of my files in one place than rather, rather than, you know, spread them all about. I have mine drop into Dropbox for me and it, it just, I don't know, Jotterpad, it's a really clean interface. I really enjoy the typewriter style of only being able to see those two to three lines of text. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're doing typewriter style, you don't get... Um, Spelling errors aren't highlighted. Okay. So you just you just type. And whatever you put into the screen, it's what, what you get. I really like that because as much as I I use like Microsoft Word, it sometimes mm-hmm. autocorrects words for you if it's a common word. Yeah. But uh, I get caught up a lot of times. Like I'll glance up at the screen and there's like blue underlines and red underlines yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, I got to fix those, you know? Yep. And then you just get sidetracked. So I think that's really, yeah. really valuable. Yeah. So then the other thing is that it saves it in a, in a text file. Okay. So there's no, there's nothing in there. Uh, I think that it is Markdown compatible, but I don't work in Markdown. Um, but I believe it is. So it's, I mean, it's just literally, it's a text file. You can cut and paste it into Word later for a lot of that heavy duty editing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so easy to use. Uh, the other one that I really enjoy is Freerider. It has green text on a black screen, has fewer features than Jotterpad. It's just a text editor devised to look like an old fashioned DOS machine. Nice. Uh, yeah, it reminds me a lot, like when you open it up, of that the green screen you used to get with the old 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 apple 2c's or 2e's Mm -hmm. and then when you open it up to full screen you don't see any app notifications and nothing else is visible on the screen except for this black screen with green text as you type that's actually i want to try that (laughs) so both of those apps are free um and I don't think Freerider has any paid 
services, but Jotterpad does have those two. You can upgrade to the typewriter style writing for about three bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also use it just in its free version. So the other thing with both of them is that you get basic statistics like word and character count, but they don't tell you anything as you work. Oh, so you have to like go and look for it? Yeah, so so with Jotterpad, you you tap the screen, and then there's like little three dots in the in the top corner, right corner. You tap that, and then it will give you like some options, and then you can say, okay, I want to see statistics, and it will tell you how many words and characters you've typed okay. thus far. So I find that pretty useful. I I like you. I really worry about my spelling and grammar, and I'm. I'm prone to fixing problems as I work rather than waiting until the end of the writing session Mm -hmm. to edit. So using that typewriter feature, I'm able to write without looking at the problems. And it's really, it really just helps me get the words out. Um, I am old enough that in my undergraduate years, I used a Canon star writer word processor that, (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, it was actually, it was basically a bubble jet printer with a typewriter attached to it. Um, so it, it saved everything in a text file. And what I would have to do is I would, I would, I would type things up. Like I was doing in my senior year of undergrad, 30, 30 page mm-hmm. papers. So I was working 30, doing these 30 page research papers and this um, being able to only view two to three lines at a time. And it was really helpful. Like I wasn't worrying about everything else that I'd already written because I couldn't see it. I couldn't just easily go back six pages and be like, oh, God, what did I write there? I literally had to save it to a disk and go down to the computer center, open up the file, and then do my editing. And I really, I really found that to be a really beneficial way to mm-hmm. write. And I've been, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts where people refurbish them and still use them. Really? Like I was, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I really can't imagine going that far. I still have mine in a closet in my in my parents' house, and I'm I've been tempted to like dig it out and try to use it again. <laughs> but then I'm like, that is so insane. I have a tablet with an app that works and does the same thing. That's funny. I I remember using <clears throat> a word processor. I think it was a brother. It was yeah. probably in like freshman year of high school because it was when we like first were able to type our papers that we had to write but you had Uh to like go to the library and hope that no one else was using one of like the five computers we had in our school (laughs) so yeah you have to like sign up to use the computer and you were only allowed like a certain amount of time yeah yeah we had that too i mean even in my in my undergrad years you had to fight for space in the computer lab during certain times of the year It, it was ridiculous and very few students had laptops or computers in their room that was really rare. Most people, if they did have a computer in their room, they were hardcore gamers, and it was like giant tower oh, PC. Wow. So, yeah, those were the days. Yep. <laughs> um, so anyway, moving along. Um, what about actual writing? Um, so, uh, I, in terms of like, I and I put the heading as actual writing, and I think I, what I really mean is is editing. And for me... I use or did when I, I, so this is, this is a troubling topic okay. for me because, <laughs> um, I extensively have used docs in the past, yeah. Google docs for most of my writing needs. My blog posts tend to be entirely composed in docs. That's where I do a lot, all of my editing and I find docs to be very mm-hmm. useful. And we've talked about this a little bit offline about, when I decided to do my thesis, I actually went to my professor and was like, hey, I do most of my typing in docs and I, I don't like using Word. Would you be willing to edit in docs? And she said oh. no. Um, and part of it, like what she said was like, well, I do everything in Word. I'm on a Mac platform. Docs is kind of a pain in the butt for me, which eh, I have I have thoughts about that, but I'm not going to go into it on the podcast. <laughs> Um, but it really made things very difficult in terms of writing my thesis because I was still writing things in docs and then I would have to save it into a word format and then email it to her 
And then I would have to do the edits in Word and then cut and paste back into Docs. And eventually I was like, this is just, this is too much of a pain in the butt. And I just started working entirely in Word, which was, is still, it's not my favorite place to do writing. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find the interface very cluttered. I find it difficult to work in. Um, it's, yeah, you were talking about the squiggly lines, the blue, the red, the green all over the place. Um, and then on top of that, because she was doing edits, I have, there are notes everywhere. So there are purple squiggly lines all over the place about where there are edits and do I accept the edits? And, you know, of course I accept the edits because it's my professor saying you have to do these edits. Um, but then there were times where she would send me stuff and then it wouldn't update properly. So I don't know. I find word to be a pain in the keister. I'll keep it. So I don't have to put it in the pew, pew, pew. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I do like docs. I really like using docs for for composing, especially blog posts and things like that. Yeah, I like docs for a lot of reasons, too. I kind of shifted to Word recently. Like, I used Word in the beginning and then switched over to docs when that was a thing. But I switched back to Word for my own personal work just because... I have a program that manages all my sources for my thesis. Um, mm-hmm. It's called EndNote. Yep. So we use that too. Yeah. yeah. So it's really helpful just to kind of like it's seamless, you know. Yeah. But I like Docs because it's a because of its accessibility. I mm-hmm. I use it a lot at my job. I work at a community college, and one of the big limitations for a lot of the students I work with is money. And yeah you know, even the student edition of Word is like $100 or something. Yeah. You know. And Word, <laughs> I, do you ever use Word online? I have, yes. Uh, it sucks. Yes. It's horrible. Because the, the the features that I want to use aren't available. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so I like Docs too because, you know, we do our show notes in it. When I work with a student, you know, I prefer to edit papers on paper because it's just so much easier. Right. But if they don't have it printed out and the computers are all taken up in the writing center. I have them send me a link to their document and we just edit across the table from each other. You know, that live editing is, is great and Mm -hmm. it's free. Like, yeah, that's the best part. Yeah. Um, There's a couple weird things with it. Like I still couldn't tell you how to do it without messing around, but like doing a hanging indent is like different than word. You know, you got to like fiddle around with it, but it's still worth it. Yeah. Um, I actually did a lot of my thesis in Docs, mm-hmm. and Docs actually has a pretty decent APA 6th edition uh, template. Okay. So I, yeah, and I still, so we were required to work in APA 6th edition for all of my classes. Okay. And so when we wrote our thesis, we had to work in APA 6th. Yeah. And... Then, <laughs> then at the end, like literally a week before our thesis, thesi, theses were due, mm-hmm. we were sent the university thesis setup. Okay. Which is entirely different than APA 6. Yes. Oh my God. I thought I was going to kill people. Yeah. Be- um, that's rough. Um, uh, Mount, Hol- and it was- Mount Holyoke used to do that. They used to have like their own like you know two inch margins and blah blah two inch left margin and all this other weird thing. Yeah, this is the first year I think that they're not doing it, so I can just stick with what I know, which is APA. Yeah, and you know APA, we were required. You have to go and get the blue book. You have to do this. Yeah, use the the Owl resource. Yep. Use Purdue. Use OSU. And so I knew it inside and out when I was writing my thesis. And then all of a sudden I was handed this new <laughs> template. It was like, why, why do you do this to us? Why? Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I, I looked into pretty intensely when it was time to do my thesis was Scrivener. Okay. I really wanted to use it for my thesis, but for obvious reasons, Scrivener was not going to be something I could use because obviously if my professor wasn't going to use docs. She's not going to buy a whole other program. No. To, to, to work with me if she can't isn't going to use something that's free and does work with Mac. But that's beside the point. She's not going to do Scrivener. I also, like, I opened it up and I tried setting some things up. I was like, holy shit. 
This is is really complex. Yeah. That said, Harry Marks has a tutorial channel called 60 Minutes. No, Scrivener in 60 Seconds. Nice. And I watched his first seven episodes. I was like, oh, my God, Scrivener makes sense now. And I can really see where if you were writing something super complex, like, say, something you were researching, or even if you were writing an alternative world fiction novel, Mm -hmm. that Scrivener would be amazing to just collect all the information and, and sort it out in a coherent way. It's it's just it's an amazing setup. So I highly recommend Harry Marx's tutorials, Scrivener in sixty seconds. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, it made Scrivener make sense to me, and I'm probably going to spend the forty bucks to buy it just because it 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 just it looks so useful. Yeah. So what about you? Have you ever looked at Scrivener? I glanced at it, but I had the same initial reaction <laughs> of like I I can't like I can't do this. This is just no. The time I spend learning it. I could be yeah. doing something else. So I just kind of like passed it by. I didn't, I didn't discount it. I just, it, it, I feel like I was in over my head. Yeah. That's the exact same reaction that I had to it. I was like, oh man, I do not have time to learn a whole other program plus do this thesis. So yeah. yeah. But I can use it for, you know, what I'm doing now, which is writing fiction. Um, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about are internet blockers. Yay. You heard of... <laughs> <laughs> um. And I've, I've actually, like, I've recently, I've shut them off. Okay. Um, so I use Stay Focused. And it is a Chrome add-on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I only use Chrome, Google Chrome, for my internet access. Um, because I don't like the other options that are out there. So Stay Focused, what you do is you open up this little, this little window and you tell, you tell the add-on what times you want the internet to be available if you have any cheat times or cheat websites are there websites that are safe so like for me i have amazon music and a couple of other music services as safe because i like to listen to music when i write Mm -hmm. and i don't allow myself to do any research during certain periods of time because that's just writing time. Yeah. And so I found that really, really, especially when I was doing my thesis, I didn't allow myself to look at the internet until nine o'clock at night. Wow. That's, that's self-control. Uh, and sometimes it sucked. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go on Facebook on my phone, which (laughs) (laughs) because Facebook was one of the things that I had specifically blocked because I will, I will sit there and I'll scroll through Facebook for hours on end. Yep. Because I was avoiding thesis writing and I wasted so many hours of my time via Facebook and Twitter. So those those were blocked completely until nine o'clock at night. And I do not like Twitter on my phone. I don't actually have Twitter on my phone and I, I'm not a big fan of Facebook on my phone either. So and I hate them on my tablet. The Facebook and Twitter experience on tablets mm-hmm. is horrible. So I, I don't use them. So using Stay Focused really, really did help me stay focused. So um, you're talking about the Stay Focused where you grow a tree? Oh, nope. that's the one I nope. use. I don't do the... Okay. Yeah, I don't do any any of the sort of like tree growth or... stay. The Stay Focused that I use is just... It's a little add-on widget thing. Let me see if I can find yeah, it Yeah, the Forest Stay Focused is an extension for Google Chrome. It's built right into, you know, I just click on it. A little tiny pop-up comes up. You click on the tree and start planting. Um, you, oh. And if you break the rules, your tree dies. Oh. Oh, so the stay focus that I'm using does not have an E in it. Ah, uh, okay. Because I, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. So. Okay. Yeah. So it's different. Yeah. It, <laughs> I like the idea of the tree and killing it. That's that's kind of terrible. Yeah, it's um and like what's cool is it's same thing. Like I have a list of sites that are blacklisted. So I have Facebook, I have YouTube, but that is another time sink for me. And huh. I have Reddit blocked. See, I don't I don't like Reddit. Reddit is not a time sink for me because it's just a cesspool. It, it is, but I like it for like specialized subreddits like I don't know, lately I've been at the Magic the Gathering one or like board games. Stuff that are around okay. hobbies, you tend to like weed out the trolls, but the main front page of Reddit, mm-hmm. I don't even, unless it's a cute cat picture, I don't even go in those threads 
because <laughs> they are a hot mess. Yeah, I oof, no, no thanks. Yeah. So, and in Forest also, you can like sign up for an account, and it's you know can go on your phone too. Mm-hmm. So I just liked it because like it gave me extra motivation. Cool. Because you'll look up and you'll be like, oh, I have like five minutes left, and my tree is almost fully grown. I can't <laughs> screw up now. You know. <laughs> That's good. That's so, I like that. So yeah, maybe I'll cool. maybe I'll try the tree killer. Yeah, it's fun. And then, like, you you unlock more trees, and it's just, it's it's like a game. All right, so another thing that I really like and used a lot, especially in grad school, but I've also used it um, to compile my notes about things, is an app called CamScanner. And CamScanner is a, it creates PDFs. So... A lot of times I would go to school and we'd have like lists of journal articles that we had to read. Now, oftentimes um, they weren't available through the app that the school used. So I would go to school, I would find the journals, I would snap PDFs of them, mm-hmm. then saved it to Dropbox and sometimes share them with my classmates. And then if I wanted them on paper, especially when I was doing a lot of research, I would bring them home. Or I would just, I wouldn't bring them home. They would already be at home because I would put it into Dropbox. I could print them off. Okay. So it was, it was much cheaper than photocopying or printing them at school. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. And then I was also able to open them up on my tablet and make notations in the PDF, which I could then print off. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um, And the library used an app called Browsing or Browsing, it's been basically you're supposed to call it browsing, um, and that gave us access to some journals outside of the mm-hmm. library. And I'm pretty sure that you can use that app to organize your own PDFs that you create. I never tested it out, and now it's not very useful for you know accessing my my current my local library's stuff because they don't use it. And you know, I brought up storage a lot. I'm a huge fan of Dropbox, but I also use Drive or Docs to store a lot of my information. But Dropbox has been the most useful because again, I have the app on all of my all mm-hmm. of my stuff and I can access okay. it anywhere. Well, cuz like I don't use I use Dropbox cuz we use it for our podcast, obviously. But I mm-hmm. use Google Drive only because for two reasons. One, it's universally accepted like a lot of the people i work with on campus like they're like oh just like upload it to my drive or you know but also because i am at an institution i have unlimited storage right and my own personal because i'm not going to store everything at mount holyoke i might get in trouble but um (laughs) my own personal google drive i have some things stored on there and i just pay two dollars a month for a hundred gig of storage yeah so I use Drive. I only use Dropbox, like I said, for the podcast, and that's mm. it. Yeah, I I got into Dropbox very early on, mm-hmm. and in the early days of Dropbox, you were able to you had a referral link. If you had a referral link, then you shared that with people. I had a lot of people sign up for Dropbox based with my referral link, and so I have I think it was like ten gigs. Okay that I don't have to pay for. So, yeah, I mean, it's useful. And text files don't take up a lot of space, and neither do PDFs. And I've been pretty good about deleting off the PD, like all of the PDFs that I did for school. I've deleted those now. I don't need them anymore. Yeah, I, this could turn into a whole other, we kind of talked about this, like, a little bit with, like, not getting rid of things. Mm. But I just create, like, a folder that says, like, fall 2015 and i just dump all my schoolwork in it but i can't delete yeah. it for some reason i don't know why <laughs> well like i i have in my dropbox i have the same thing like i have a school folder and then i have what 2015 16 30, was it 2000 yeah 2015 2016 um folders where i dumped everything like all of my all of the stuff that I wrote, I've saved that. Okay. Um, plus, like we were forced to not just for our thesis, but like when we were in thesis prep, you had to save initial like the different versions as you edited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you had like I have like on my thesis and a couple of other my other lengthier papers, you know, A, B, C, D, 
you know, until the final edit. And my thesis, like I have, I have chapter one, A, chapter one, B, C, D, um, depending on how many times it went back and forth between me and my, my professor. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm I'm not attached to the articles that I used. I just deleted those. Plus I figure I can always find them again. Like I have the references page from my, whatever I wrote. Right. Um, I've been scanning my graded papers because, like, I save all the papers that have been graded, yep. but they take up physical space, so I just scan them all and I save mm-hmm. those. Yeah, I um, I have two paper boxes, you know, the big paper boxes. Yeah, full of all of the articles that I printed out and all of the papers that I've gotten back with the edits, and I also save like the physical edits that I did because if it, well, back when I was in school. They could come back and say, well, we need to see your edits on this, 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 and this because it came out much like this article and did you plagiarize? So I would have to yeah. provide those paper copies of my edits. Did they run your thesis through Turnitin? Yep. Okay, yeah. Cause... They they run a lot of the papers through Turnitin as well. Yeah, no, I know. Whatever it is they use. I know papers, but like I, I wonder, I always wondered why they need you to save the physical. I guess because... If it goes through Turnitin and it has a high percentage of not original, they want to look at your physical edits? Yeah. Well, they, you know, they never, I think that's pretty old school in terms of like, that's what I do because that was what I did in undergrad and that was, you know, yeah. back in the late nineties and it was, that's how you did it back then. And I think nowadays, like a lot of the edits are just done in Word. Yes. So, Cause you so can a track, lot of people don't, yeah. You can track changes in Word. So. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think that part of that is just my own paranoia because yeah. I've, prob- I've probably got like three reams worth of paper just on my thesis alone. Yeah. But, you know, technically speaking, I could have put that through a scanner mm-hmm. and turned it into a PDF and saved it and that would have worked fine. Yeah. Um, I think moving moving forward, drafting and editing, I think we could also have that be its own epi- episode. I mean, Absolutely. we talk about paper pens and pencils and red pencils. I and mean, We touched a little bit on that last week, but I really think that's its own episode. Yeah, I would really like to devote a whole episode to it because I do a lot of paper and pen soul editing, but it's also uh-huh. my job. So yeah. I'd really like to dig into that. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. I also think that hardware could be its own episode, but I'm gonna I want to touch a little bit on it today in our the brief amount of time that we have left. Sure. So you use a Chromebook for travel, right? Yes. Like okay, tell tell me more about the Chromebook because this is something that I've been considering getting into, but I've been using a tablet. So okay. So, so I, I never wanted a Chromebook. I hated the idea. I'm like, this is stupid. There's no operating system. Like, what am I going to do with this? Um, so I hemmed and hawed about it for a while. And then my, my, my regular laptop died Mm. and I needed a new laptop. So obviously a Chromebook's not a laptop replacement. Right. But I bought when I bought my new laptop that I'm using right now, it's a gaming laptop. Mm-hmm. So it has its own video card, the whole nine, but it weighs like almost 10 pounds. Yeah. So I'd cart this thing to school and not to mention this, this computer I have is like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300. So it's like carrying around like a MacBook. Like <laughs> you're like, shit, like what if someone steals it? You know, what if my backpack gets lost or whatever? So I was like, you know what? I got a cave and get a Chromebook. Uh, just and originally I was just going to use it for web browsing, like, or like in class, a lot of times they have us log into the slideshow or right. download a PDF. So I shopped around and the Chromebook, I'll put a link in the show notes, but the Chromebook that I use is an Acer. Uh-huh. Uh, back in the day, actually my laptop is an Acer too. Back in the day, like I used to discredit them because Acer like off brand, but they've actually really are producing some quality stuff. So it's an Acer uh, Chromebook. It is a 14 inch, uh-huh. I believe. No, it's 11 inch. Sorry. It's an 11 inch full HD. That's very important. If you're going to get a Chromebook at full uh-huh. HD, because it'll also turn into a Netflix machine. So, <laughs> so of course, spend the extra like $20 to get the full HD. Um, it has a 32 gig hard drive. Now that sounds tiny, but mind you, you really are only saving like you're not, I save PDFs to it because everything else is via Google. Right. So when I save a doc, it's on drive. So I will never go back to lugging around a regular windows notebook. Um, 
my so my favorite features of of the chromebook it has an eight hour battery life that's amazing so yeah and it's like standby time is actually really impressive too because a a lot of times like i don't shut down a computer Mm -hmm. i just shut it right but the battery is slowly draining so i use it one time for like a 9 a.m class shut it and then at night at like nine o'clock at night i opened it up and maybe like 10 percent of the battery so amazing battery life um speed i mean there's really nothing uh-huh. inside of it that's moving, you know, because the, the hard drive is on a solid state drive. There's no fan. There's no nothing. So you open it, hit a button, log into Google. Nice. And you're done. So I recommend it for students or for people that do a lot of writing on the fly because it weighs 2.4 pounds. That's nothing. Yeah. So I recommend it. I use it daily, like every day, because like I said, it turned into a Netflix machine for me because because the fact it's an 11 inch screen, full HD it's just so beautiful. Mm. And even with Netflix. So I did a, a little like test with it when I first got it. So I marathoned a show and I was able to watch two thirds of the entire series before I needed to wow. plug it in. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was half an hour shows, not full hours. So, but I mean, I also will not recommend it to people that want to use programs like Microsoft right. Word. Because as we said earlier, Word Online is yeah, trash. It is. <laughs> just don't use it. <laughs> um and with with a lot of Chromebooks now, it comes with like this promo thing where you get a hundred gig of free Google Drive storage for like a limited period yep. of time. So that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. But but yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. And right now, the price I paid like two twenty five for it. Right now, the same one on uh, Amazon is one hundred and seventy one dollars. Amazing. Are you familiar with Woot? Yes. Okay. They often have refurbished Chromebooks for cheap. Really? Like 120 bucks. Yeah. Under their technology deals. Oh. And I've so often been tempted to pull the trigger on one just because I want to see. Like, I've been using a... So I have two tablets, which is a convoluted story as to how I ended up with two <laughs> tablets. But... Um, I've been really tempted to, to see if a Chromebook would replace my tablet for for that sort of typing thing that I do for the, all of my writing uses, because I use... So I have a Samsung Galaxy Tab okay. 1, or is it... No, 3. Tab tab, tab 3. And it's amazing. It's, it's great. Like, I can watch Hulu on it. I can, you know, type away on it. But the battery life is... It's, you know, it's four years old mm-hmm. now and the battery life is you know i have to have it plugged in more often so i don't get the same the same life out of it as i used to and so i'm really i'm really toying with the idea of getting a cheap chromebook just for typing and like if you on the off chance you lose it mm-hmm. it hurts a lot less yeah absolutely <laughs> you know i have to look at the chromebook a lot more closely you you know what i'll do mm-hmm. uh when i come see you i will bring my chromebook oh cool That'll be awesome. I'll love to see it. Um, so the other side of this is because I do work in it in the tablet environment, if you will, very often, I use a Bluetooth keyboard. Ooh, that's something I want to know about because I need a keyboard for my tablet. So I I have used every in it well, I should say every. I've used a handful of inexpensive keyboards via Amazon. Um mm-hmm. My wife has a, I should look at which one it is. Hers is very nice. She has a solar powered keyboard. I think it's a Targus or something like that. And that one's really nice. But Mm -hmm. I needed something that I could throw into a neoprene bag or into into the padded slot on my backpack and not worry about destroying. Like her fancy keyboard was like a hundred and something dollars. And I'm like, I just... I can't bring myself to carry yeah. carry around a hundred dollar keyboard and worry that I'm going to spill coffee on it and destroy it because yeah. that happened on occasion. Like my my thermos would leak <laughs> and I'd spill coffee <laughs> oh, God. all over the stuff in my backpack. So yeah, I used a lot of cheap keyboards and this keyboard that is inexpensive and that I keep going back to. I bought two. I destroyed one. Um, is the Amazon Basics Bluetooth keyboard? Uh, it's just the right because I'm you know I'm short and I've got smaller hands. Um, it's a full size keyboard minus the the numbers the number key part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's bigger than a laptop keyboard. It's full size. It feels really good and it uses a couple of AA batteries. I wish it were rechargeable instead of using AA batteries but whatever and the batteries last forever um the second one that i got i got my last year of grad school so a year and a half 
no, almost two years ago now. Holy crap. Um, and I did an amazing amount of work on it for my thesis because I was doing a lot of my thesis work between classes at school. Mm-hmm. And so I've used this on the same batteries that I first put in it. Oh, wow. So the batteries last forever. And, you know, I've got this this neoprene bag that I bought for it. And I've got backup bat- batteries that I've thrown in there. Okay. And they just, they, they keep falling out. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I get, apparently I don't need them. Um, <laughs> but it pairs really easily with both of my tablets. Um, it pairs, I've got a, I don't, I haven't talked about this ever yet. Um, I have a Remix mini computer. Okay. That is... It's like this palm-sized pebble-shaped thing that it runs on Android. So it's it hooks up to my TV, kind of sits in front of it, and it uses Bluetooth for, for you know, if you've got a mount, Bluetooth mouse, but it uses Bluetooth for a keyboard, and it's basically like having an Android operating system on a little mini, I don't know, computer. Yeah. Um, so it... Like it pairs with that really easily too. So basically, everything that I've used this keyboard for, it's been it's been fantastic, and it feels good. I mean, it's not you know it's not a mechanical keyboard, it's not clicky, it doesn't you know it feels like a typical um, laptop keyboard. Okay. So it's a little squishy, but it works really well with with my tablets. So I do like it. I'm not gonna. I think cords and cable are are really outside of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Backup power too. I mean, you know, that's it's you gotta have some sort of backup power or a cord or something. Yeah. If you're using a tablet, and again, I think that's just outside of the outside of the podcast. Yeah. So I did want to do a little bit of a follow up from not last week's episode, but the episode before that. Um, there was some discussion on the RSVP p- podcast Facebook group. God, that's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> about refills for the Baron Fig. And so the Schmidt refills that we were talking about, I was like, oh, no, it's P8127. I was like, ah, oh, crap, I'm wrong. It's P8126. <laughs> Turns out those are those those refills are the exact same size. So David Forsyth pointed out that they're the same size. The 6 and the 7 indicate a fine or medium uh, point size. So the point, the the 6, the P8126 is a fine, and the P8127 is a medium. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to, like, you know, do a little bit of follow-up on that. Also, he linked to the well-appointed desks the, that blogs epic refill reference guide which Anna put together and it is an amazing reference so she has like pictures of all of these refills and what they're like so super useful I'll link to that in the show notes as well I also um, wanted to you know extend a thank you to everyone for their supportive words on the website and we've got some really amazing comments on the website, um, Ben wrote about how important it was for him to put his writing into expensive notebooks and how wonderful that felt for him. Um, so I just, I thought that was a cool comment. Yeah. And it's just really wonderful, especially with the Facebook group and the, and the blog to get so much support from everyone. So I wanted to give a quick thanks to everyone who continues to support us and have joined the Facebook group. And this, this list gets longer and longer <laughs> yeah. every time I do it. So we're probably going to have to stop doing this at some point. But Mary, Vivian, Harry, Andy, Johnny, Melissa, Michael, Tina, Missy, Reason, Matthias, Kay, Jolene, Craig, Dave, Genevieve, Talk, Talkie? How do I pronounce that? Do you know how to pronounce that? I don't. Takoa? Takoa? Takoa. We're going to go with Takoa. Sorry I butchered your name. Karen and Kelly. Um, yeah, and I just, I really want to thank Brad and Mike for the shout out on the Pen Addict. It's really helped a lot of new people find our show. So, yeah, keep keep leaving us comments. We really love them. We might, I might have missed a few people. If I did, I'm sorry, but, um, you know, the list gets so long. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and we love it. We love it. So, all right. So you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. If you listen to us via iTunes, or even if you don't, go to iTunes and give us a review. It helps other people find the podcast. Um, you can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com, at Facebook at the same, 
Instagram at Original LC Harper and Twitter as well at Original LC Harper. What about you, Dee? You can find me at theweeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. You can also find me on Twitch now at fourth underscore letter, and that is fourth spelled out, not four T eight. <laughs> and we can all find Lenore on Twitter at Lenore Hoyt. And Facebook at the Erasable Podcast Group and the RSVB Stationary Podcast Group. Thanks, Thanks, Dee. Thanks, Les. It was nice chatting. Yeah. It's always nice. Yes. I enjoy talking with you. Yes. Bye.